Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. I want to talk about a couple of things. Consumer spending and the trade winds that might be going around due to the tariffs that are becoming more common. And towards the end, I'll bring up the African swine fever problem and, of course, the fall army worm. Quick update on the numbers, and there are some significant changes in here. The economy is slowing. It's supposed to slow. The ISM, the Institute of Supply Management, has lowered its manufacturing numbers from 52.8 to 52.1. Not a big deal, but it has slowed a little bit. We had another bond rally, which I'll talk about here a little bit. Yields are down. There are technically mortgages back in the threes again, much sooner than I thought was ever going to happen. And of course, the price of oil dropped $10 a barrel because the supply everywhere, especially in the United States, can hardly be stored anymore. There's oil everywhere, even though Iran is pretty much being squeezed out of the market. Let me start with GDP. Got adjusted. This is first quarter estimates for GDP. Got adjusted all the way down to 3.1 from 3.2. It's still doing very well. This is first quarter now. I expect that the next adjustment will be down a tiny bit more. And hopefully in the second quarter, we'll get GDP down in the twos. Yes, I'm trying to get GDP to slow, which is why the Federal Reserve increased rates a while ago anyway. They're trying to slow the economy. But this is also indicative that consumer spending is holding up. Commercial transactions are holding up. The economy is not headed off the rails. And the chances of a recession in 2020, not 20%. So the U.S. economy is moving along just fine. Secondly, the ISM numbers also do employment numbers as well as manufacturing activity. There's a lot of new jobs in manufacturing, even though the big one in the U.S. automobile manufacturing is slowing. Manufacturing elsewhere is picking up significantly. High tech, low tech, all kinds of things. And it's reflecting in things like this. This is a great gauge of what's going on in the economy. This is Class 8 trucks, those are the big semi-rigs you see on the highway. Though new orders are down, they're very cyclical anyway, just like airplanes. Inventories, number on the road, as you've seen, is very high and it continues to remain high. There's a lot of activity and it's not just moving stuff out of Long Beach. It's now moving more stuff out of Laredo and anywhere on the East Coast. Another issue is before-tax corporate profits. Now, earnings, profits and earnings are a little bit different, but start with the profits. You'll notice here that the profits from domestic activities are up. Income is up. Profits and spending internationally is down, way down. The global market is slowing. The supply chain is being readjusted. That's what a tariff does, is adjust the supply chain. Somebody asked me this. You apply a tariff to anything from another country. They don't pay the tariff. It's the importer, like the importer in the United States in Long Beach, pays 
the tariff. They write a check to the Treasury and theoretically passes that cost on to his or her customer. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. It's not, in this case, the Chinese that pay the tariff. It's the importer. Okay, then the importer has to start thinking, maybe I can get this thing or whatever it is somewhere else without paying the tariff and without trying to pass additional costs onto my customers because that doesn't make them happy. So they look around. When I say interrupt the supply chain or change the supply chain, that's what I mean. It changes everything. If China is not going to be the source of something, then they'll look elsewhere. And that doesn't happen overnight. It's been going on a little while now, but there's no way that it's anywhere near being concluded. Mention of tariffs on Mexico. Well, should come as no surprise to anyone that, amazingly enough, there have been a number of things brought in from China into Mexico and had a Made in Mexico sticker slapped on it and then brought into the United States. I'm shocked. Well, you sort of have to put a stop to that. It's kind of like you got to narrow it down to a few places where you can control in and out, like having a door. You got to block the rest of it off. Not unlike a wall, good or bad, you got to control the border and the access one way or the other. Tariffs are going to do that now in Mexico, and I think it'll help them clean up their act. Don't be surprised if Vietnam is next. Our imports from Vietnam have gone up dramatically since the problem with the Chinese, and not surprising, a number of that stuff just comes over the border from China, slap a made in Vietnam on it, on the boat it goes. It'll get sorted out. There have been a lot of questions about inflation here recently. And to try and address everybody's feeling and comfort about that, inflation is not the issue it once was even 15 years ago. It is a significantly reduced issue. This right here is indicative of what's going on in what's known as Fed Funds Futures. Now, a future contract is just a contract for any commodity betting on the price. Fixed income and institutional managers use Fed futures to cover their butts in the event that the Fed changes interest rates. In this case, they're assuming that the next move of the Fed is going to be down. They're probably right. I think it's unlikely the Fed will raise rates. Their next move might not be for a couple of years yet, but it's very likely that the next move will be down to add some stimulus to the economy. The economy does not need stimulus right now. But tips, you know, treasuries that are sensitive to inflation have been very popular. I'm not sure why. Fed funds are down. It's simply the fact that some people thinking there's inflation coming, I don't see it. When you see a huge bond rally like this, and this is yield, when yield comes down like that and the markets say, oh, bonds are down, yes, the yield is down because the price went up. Yield down, price up. Price went up dramatically. People have been buying bonds. This is the 10-year treasury, but it's not just treasuries. It's everything. Junk bonds, muni bonds, tips, sovereigns, everything. Globally, people are buying bonds. 
They're not moving out of the equity market. It's not like people are generally more afraid than they usually are. They're buying them because they have the money and the bond market globally is becoming more attractive, especially US assets. We've been through that enough. But this rally has been indicative of some respects, you can interpret it as fear of inflation. There isn't any inflation. You could interpret it as fear of the US economies coming off the tracks. It's not. It's more likely the result is there's a lot of money out there that's coming out of cash. And in this case, perfectly good allocation, let's buy some bonds. So they've been out buying. The US is running a budget deficit, <laughs> usually does, spending deficit. It's okay, we've spent plenty of time on that. You would assume that if you had a budget deficit, meaning you're spending more than you bringing in, that the yields of your bonds would go up, meaning the price would come down. People aren't that wild about owning a bond from a country that doesn't have a balanced budget. So the price goes down, the yields go up. Now that's just opposite the case. Once again, the US yields are coming down because people buy all the bonds they can get their hands on. There's not a pending shock in the bond market, certainly not in the treasury market. On a change of subject, and this is kind of inflationary too, there's nothing new about what's going on on the Mississippi, the Arkansas, the Missouri, it's bad news everywhere. The flooding is far from over. All those poor people that are anywhere near the Mississippi Basin or any of the rest of the Midwestern rivers are up to their knees in water. I hate to see it, but it's not gonna change in the near future. Every time it snows in Colorado, it just makes the problem worse. Is this inflationary? Not really. It's gonna delay the planting of some corn and wheat and probably make 2019 a bad year for agriculture in the US. But there is still a lot of surplus in silos everywhere, wheat, corn, rice, a number of things that will be purchased by Australia, like we talked about before, and uh, very likely China. Unfortunately, there are some things impacting the food supply in China. First of all, it's the African swine fever. And China, the Koreas, both of them, Vietnam, a lot of Asia are huge producers and consumers of pork. Very important source of protein. African swine fever is sweeping through China right now. And of the 400 million head of hogs they have in China, they could lose 25%. It'll have a huge impact on the natives out in the fields where a small farming community, a couple of hogs owned by an individual is a big thing. It is very contagious, it is always lethal, and there's really nothing they can do about stopping it. They couldn't afford a $65 shot of an antibiotic if that would help anyway. So it's gonna have an impact. And the other thing is the infamous army worm, fall version of the army worm. Like here, they have outbreaks all over the world all the time, but if you're pretty sophisticated in your agriculture, you just add the chemical that gets rid of the army worm to your cocktail of insecticide and fertilizer, and it isn't an issue. It's a big issue in India, and now the army worm has also invaded China. 
There's only 8% arable land in all of China anyway, and if you find something that eats into the wheat crop or the rice crop, it won't help. So the chances are another use of dollars for the Chinese, not only to buy oil and coal, very likely will be food in 2019. I hope that doesn't extend into 2020. So no inflation in the U.S. The economy in the U.S. is doing fine. No recession in the foreseeable future. The S&P 500 is a little high. It's come down. The fact that we were up 17% by the middle of May is no. There's no justification for that at all. If we finish 2019 with the S&P up 5 or 6%, it'll be just fine. Uh, given what's very likely to come out of earnings, that should be indicative that we'll have one of these corrections, like what's going on right now, that won't recover that much. Anyway, as usual, I'm happy to answer any questions. Just send it along to info at shwj.com, and I'll be happy to answer it. Anyway, thanks for joining me.